Oh, Leia, I love the month of November. It's getting so nice. I can wear my cozy gear. Good for you. <laughs> it's like 80 degrees out here. In Hawaii. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Lamont, and I'm ready to eat a whole entire turkey. <laughs> and I'm Leia, and I would love to see that. <laughs> and, and you're tuning into the Lamont and, and Leia podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. So welcome to our podcast today. I'm going to be telling a story, but Leia, before I jump into the story, earlier this week, I kind of sent you this meme, and I've kind of been feeling this way as I've been gearing up um, towards Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I, I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. I love getting together with family, cooking, catching up, all the love and warmth, but then... I've been really like thinking about, so I'm also sad this a little bit this year, like how we came to own or live on this land, like how many Native Americans died in order for us to have our American dreams. And again, like my people didn't really have a say in like how like it was to come about or like America was to come about, but, um, I, I just really kind of been really thinking about that, and I felt like the story that I need to tell today needs to honor like Native Americans and their history and where they came from, even though I may not be Native American. I mean, I am, but like in a different sense of the word, not like truly born to this mm -hmm. land or ancestry from this land. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on that, Leia, sometimes? Uh, oh, I definitely do. Actually, back around um, Indigenous Peoples Day, which used to be known as Columbus Day, um, I actually had an argument with my grandma, and she's not my biological grandma. She's just someone that married into the family, and, you know, I still respect her and call her grandma. Um, we had an argument over that. And how, cause she's very, like, I don't, I say pro-American, not in a way of saying like patriotism is bad. You know, I say pro-American as in everything else is not good. You know, like mm. one, one of those like people with those types of mindset, which usually doesn't like have issues with us but we got into it man about christopher columbus <laughs> yeah because like history um reveres him as a hero right mm -hmm. but in reality he killed people he raped people he mm -hmm. did a lot of bad stuff yeah and so um yeah, I'm one of those people that's totally, like, pro-replacing Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day, show respect to our Indigenous communities as an Indigenous person, not of America, <laughs> but of Hawaii. 
I feel it and I'm there <laughs> for these people. Um, I feel like they had it a lot worse off than us, though. Just gonna put that out there. Um, but that's my personal opinion. If you dis- if people disagree with me, that's totally fine about like I think saying oh they had it worse or we had it better is kind of like a stupid thing to say anyway but like (laughs) history is full of hard moments hard hardness Mm -hmm. just just hardness all around pain yeah suffering loss yeah so I really go ahead I was just gonna say I like that people are replacing the wording when they're talking about Christopher Columbus now, instead of saying, oh, he discovered America. Um, you know, some people are saying, oh, he invaded. <laughs> and some people are saying he arrived at, you know? And I like I, that better. Yeah. He arrived, like, because people yeah. were already here. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to tell my grandma. And she's like, well, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, they wouldn't have had anything if he didn't show up. I'm like, girl... They already had everything. They're the ones, they're the <laughs> they're ones, the ones that taught the pilgrims <laughs> how to survive <laughs> in this land. But that's the type of mindset that I'm talking about. Okay. Like, you know, there's people who are like, oh, I love America. Proud to be American. Cool. Good for you. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but it's when it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm pro-American. Everything else is under me. That's a little supremacy, if you ask me. I see. But yeah, in terms of Thanksgiving, I'm actually not a fan of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I, so, I don't like how, okay, so I feel like we were lied to, like, kind of. That's um, also why I don't like Thanksgiving, is because I feel lied to, and I might, I'm celebrating a lie every single year, and it bothers me. <laughs> right. I think the ultimate, like, thing is, like, be thankful for what you have, mm-hmm. that you have religious freedom. That's, like, the major key point of... Some people history. don't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in America, we do still have the freedom of religion. We're supposed to. Let's remind some people about that. <laughs> so, or not <laughs> have religion. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the historical context, not a fan of Thanksgiving. The fact that I get to eat sweet potato pie. Yes, let's go. (laughs) And that's, I feel like that's more of a Southern, a Southern, um, African American Mm -hmm. thing versus Native American thing. Although Native Americans did make pies. Yes. Different types of pies, but like pies, pie has a very big definition like what it encompasses as a pie so yeah but i i do prefer sweet potato over pumpkin although i can go for some pumpkin too so leia um mm-hmm. as i'm gearing up to tell the story i just realized i did not learn how to say some of these words and now i don't want to tell the story <laughs> especially since we had a whole podcast on pronouncing it right we might have to take an intermission <laughs> early <laughs> to go pronounce things correctly since we learned from our friend uh max miller over at tasting history it's important (laughs) it is important and lay and i believe it's important yes exactly today's activity is (laughs) 
we get to talk about our Thanksgivings and how we've celebrated them. So I grew up and it was always a big deal. My grandma mm-hmm. mom would stay up late making the tart turkey and making sure like it cooks slowly um, so it can be nice and juicy in the mm-hmm. big huge like turkey pot cooker that they use once a year (laughs) right yeah we have one of those too (laughs) yeah so um that was always a thing and then my mom was always interested in making like learning how to make desserts one of the best desserts that she makes is her peach cobbler Mm. oh my gosh i haven't had that before that thing is sinful like (laughs) so over the years, I've I've stopped overeating at Thanksgiving. Like it has been my goal, like not to like get too mm-hmm. stuff, like like stop because I hate yeah. like feeling sick. Yeah. Um, but I went over to my mom's house and she had learned how to make that peach cobbler, and I was dating someone at the time, so oh, they goodness. had it, and like we were just like, oh, we'll take we'll take a little piece. We don't want a big piece. Like we're trying to be good. <laughs> we could not stop. <laughs> It was so delicious. So delicious. (laughs) Um, And then we always make greens. Mm. Um, (laughs) So we always have greens part of our Thanksgiving celebration. And that's definitely a Southern or Black tradition, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, We have pumpkin pie. We have other pies, other desserts, um, always cranberries from the can, <laughs> slice and decorately like put around the plate. Um, deviled eggs, everyone loves my deviled mm-hmm. eggs. Yeah, I make the best deviled eggs. You're gonna have to make me some And um, I'll make some for Christmas. Oh, I may not be here for Christmas. We'll figure it out, but you gotta we'll make me some. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, oh, one of the things I actually like to make is, like, the raisins, like, so the celery, cucumber, and raisins for people to just snack on, like, when they come through the door, like, so they don't touch their food and they wait. I've never never heard of that. (laughs) Yeah, celery and peanut butter and raisins. Oh, peanut butter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, like yeah. I would never eat it, but I know about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's something you make in elementary school, but like yeah. I use that as an abdor- adorb. I can never say adorb. I can never say the word right. How do you say it? Hors d'oeuvre. Yes, yes. Or you can I go use with the Hawaiian so word. What's the Hawaiian word? Poo poo. <laughs> That's very advertising. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I use that um, so people don't touch the food, like di- like looking at my deviled eggs. Like, don't touch them until I say so. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, let me think. I think that's that's pretty much it. Like macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, macaroni and cheese. That's a big staple. Stuffing is a big staple. Um, Potato salad is mm. a big staple. Love potato salad. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Leia? Okay. Um, well, Thanksgiving has changed over the year, over the years for me. Um, so when I was younger, my mom was very bougie. Okay. She loved, like, in her younger years, she used to love hosting dinner parties. That was, like, such a thing in her era was dinner parties, right? 
And if you were a good housewife, you could throw an awesome dinner party. She was good at it. (laughs) So over the years, even though we stopped throwing dinner parties, she would still carry that sort of like uh, urgency and necessity of needing to do things a certain way and things looking a certain way and tasting a certain way and being laid out a certain way. Um, So Thanksgiving was more of like a show. (laughs) Like, even though we were inviting anyone over, it was still a show. Like, my responsibility was getting out the silverware, like the actual silver silverware that we have hidden in a drawer in a special case. (laughs) So we'd get that, and then we'd drive all the way to Pasadena, which is like, if you're not from California, it's about an hour and a half away from where we live to pick up a certain pie like a certain place's pies and we'd buy like 10 of them because we would go around on Thanksgiving oh, yeah. and drop them off to people at yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. I think we've dropped off a few to you. Yeah. <laughs> like they were great pies, but we drive all the way out there to go pick them up. Um, and then the day of, or the night before she'd be like chopping up bread and laying it out to like dry for her homemade stuffing. <laughs> and then the next day, it would just all be chaos because she's trying to cook this turkey. <laughs> but I mean, it was good. Like, not going to lie. Um, and then, like, okay, so there's this dish that she makes that me and my brother absolutely hate. But my other brother and her absolutely love. Um, we're very Polynesian slash Asian where we need to have rice with everything. So our Thanksgiving includes rice. <laughs> And so I don't know where she got this dish from, but it is a rice that after it's cooked, you throw it in a frying pan really quickly and you quickly cook it up with pine nuts and cranberries. Oh, sounds delicious. Um, me and my brother hate cranberries. Okay. So she would literally, she got, she would be so upset because she'd have to make two batches <laughs> She'd have to make one with no cranberries and one with cranberries. And she'd always just be like, why can't you just pick the cranberries out? (laughs) And then me and Jonathan would just be like, we don't like them. (laughs) Do you like the gelled cranberries? Hell no. (laughs) And she doesn't either. That's why she went the rice. Because she's like, hey, we have to have cranberries, but I don't like cranberry sauce. (laughs) Um, And then, let's see. Anything else after that? I mean, oh, she made, she would make gravy from scratch. And that's like. True. She did. Hardcore. Love it. I actually had to learn how to do it. Last year was my first year doing Thanksgiving, like cooking. And I had to learn how to do it from scratch. It turned out amazing. Just going to (laughs) say. Thank you. Um, And then after Thanksgiving, I would have to repolish all the silverware and put it back in the box. (laughs) That was the part I hated after. I'm like, oh gosh, we're using these and now I have to go polish all of them. Very uh, Cinderella. (laughs) Um, So that was Thanksgiving growing up. Um, Nowadays, it's a little bit different because mom is not doing any of the cooking. It's mostly us. So we don't really have any set traditions. Um, Something that we did last year that I thought was hilarious and we should do it again (laughs) is... uh, me, my brother, and Patrick all had coffee cups at the table this Thanksgiving, except it wasn't coffee. It was totally beer. 
Okay. And my mom is just like, oh, you're drinking coffee? I want coffee. We're like, okay. So you have to we, her coffee. We, we got our real coffee, but we just thought it was funny because she was just like, why do you have coffee cups? And we're like, coffee, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the difference between that and like uh, Patrick's family is not too much. Um, there's still chaos. I think every family has chaos Thanksgiving <laughs> Day of cooking, right? <laughs> Maybe. I think so. Uh, Patrick's dad loves Thanksgiving. That's where we like different views. <laughs> like he he loves it. He's like, yes, game time. We're doing Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, pretty normal spread of food. Um, except he like he likes to make his cranberry sauce from scratch. <laughs> Is it good? Have you tried it? I don't eat cranberries. I don't. Like I know, them. but you gotta you gotta be a little bit brave. Ugh. No, our taste buds change every seven years. <laughs> probably for the worst. I probably hate cranberries even more now. <laughs> um. Oh, and the only difference is that we have two types of potato salads out here. We have regular potato salad, and then we have German potato salad. Ooh, what's it's in German so potato salad? Um, I don't know how to explain it, but I love it. It's so good. It has, like, it's a vinegar base. I will have to bring you some. When I go to Germany, that's all I eat. And I gain, like, 10 pounds because I'm just like, potato salad, please. <laughs> Kartoffel salad, bitte. <laughs> the whole time I'm there. But anyway, um, yeah, that's our, that's our traditions. Oh, I started making sweet potato pies lately. The last few years okay. i've been making them myself instead of driving to pasadena mom <laughs> <sighs> so if you are listening or watching or both um please tell us some of your family or favorite traditions of thanksgiving go ahead and leave those in the comments below um we would love to learn about them and hear about them um especially if they're a lot different from ours yes this is a story about the first Thanksgiving. So long, long ago, when the white man's visit to the new world were as frequent as the comets and eclipse, there lived in the land that is now called Massachusetts, a proud noble people called the Potoxics. The Potoxics lived on a gentle rise of the land overlooking the ocean in round wingwams made of bent saplings and tree bark in a village surrounded by great golden fields of corn that swayed in the breeze that rose up from the blue colored sea by the way the the wigwams that he mentioned are native american houses that are like domed and made of like he said like saplings and stuff they loved their land so much and they would plant corn it was the children's job to scare away the crows when the corn became ripened. And among those children was the legendary Tisquantum or Squanto. When Squanto was a little bit older, he learned how to fish with his tribe. They would go out sailing on their canoes and hunt the large whale. Now I need to look into that. I didn't know that they went whale hunting 
That's interesting. Yeah, well, but they would only hunt one <laughs> and bring it back to feed a whole village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I <laughs> guess it never occurred to me <laughs> that they were hunting whales. That makes sense, though. Okay. So, while he was out on the quiet waters, so far from his land, Squanto remembered the stories of the foreign people who lived beyond the ocean in a place where the orange sun rose. It was said that at the time of his great-grandfathers, they had come across the waters in towering canoes to trade tools and pots and other things um, to the people of the land. Interesting. They were said to have white skin and hair growing from their faces. Oh yeah, because a lot of Native American people don't have facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so one day when Squanto became a man, him and some friends were traveling through the forest. When they finally saw some of these foreign visitors come ashore. Squanto and the people were so excited, but they didn't see anything that these people came to trade. They were a little confused, but still decided to approach. I'd be a little confused too. <laughs> The men seemed friendly, but their leader was less so. He was, his name was Captain Hunt, and there was something about him that Squanto did not trust. He made motions that should have come, they should come to the ship to trade, but Squanto resisted the idea. Captain Hunt and the others revealed their true colors. They overcame Squanto and the other friends, brutally knocking them to the ground and tying their hands and their feet. The audacity. The audacity <laughs> of the white man. <laughs> of, this this of this white guy. Over <laughs> and over. To many people. Even your people, Leia. <laughs> mm. Um <clears throat> sorry. Sorry. Okay. So where were we? <laughs> Squanto and the other men were taken to the ship and thrown in the hold below the deck. Squanto was not the only, Squanto and his friends were not the only people in the deck hold. There were other prisoners there too. And Squanto could feel the boat pulling away and the waves going up and down. And him thinking, will he ever see his homeland again? Uh -oh. Days passed, and they were given gruel to eat, kept in the dark, and just worried sick. Some, some of them did become sick. After many days of suffering, Squanto was summoned above deck by one of the sailors, and at first the harsh light blinded him. And for some moments, he thought perhaps he had at last arrived on the other side of the world. But when his eyes became used to his surroundings, Squanto saw that he was on a wooden vessel among men. Sometimes the sailors communicated with him. 
Squanto was struggling to understand what several of the white men had to say, but he was finally able to make out that he was to be sold in Spain. What? I thought this was a Thanksgiving story, not a slavery sad story, Lumot. <laughs> Gosh. All right, continue. <laughs> well, he had to learn English before he, <laughs> before he could help the people. No. So I guess they had to give us a backstory. All right, all right, continue. Okay, anyways. But people who had come to buy him were, e were even worse than the sailors on the ship. But there were on the edge of all this commotion some men who did not look like the others. Mm -hmm. They wore long robes of brown clo cloth and had no hair on top of their heads. Oh, and one of them approached Hunt and it was decided that Squanto would go with them. Mm -hmm. Squanto lived among these men called friars for some time. They nursed him back to health. And afterwards, he thought he would work for them in their fields, and he was not treated as a slave. Hmm. He got to meet these magnificent animals with beautiful eyes and long manes. We call them horses, and so do everyone else now. <laughs> and he learned how to shear sheep to make wool and milk a cow for milk and cheese. But even as Squanto grew fond of these men and the sun-baked land in which they lived, he longed to return to his home and to his people. After two long years of working with the friars, it was arranged for Squanto to go to London. There he began working for a man named John Slaney. He was a merchant, and the friars thought, it would be the best bet that Squanto would be able to get home. But it would take another two long years for Squanto to work with Mr. Slaney to get him home. Mm. So on one bright day, Squanto said goodbye to John Slaney and boarded a ship back to the London docks. Mm. The ship carried him a across the great waters, which the English called the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. They landed in Newfoundland, where Squanto met a man who was going to sail south along the coast towards the areas near the Potuxic tribe. Mm. And he was going to bring Squanto home. So how many years had it been at that point? So it looks like it was a total of four okay let's let's say five like let's say it took a while for them to get like like to england and or to spain yeah yeah spain. <laughs> and then he was sold but then he lived with the friars for two years and then he lived with um john slaney for two years and then he had to go back across so let's say like five-ish five-ish five years, years yeah. he's been gone and so, finally, after many weeks, they neared the coast of Squanto's beloved home. He was brought to the shore only a few miles from his tribe. He, he bade the sailor goodbye and began walking 
drinking in the familiar sights of his boyhood haunts. Soon he would be home. As far as his feet and leg could carry him, he ran towards his home. Heaving chest, he arrived at the place he had been when he was just a young lad. Unfortunately, there he would find no one. Mm. Why is this sad? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Squanto was so confused and went to a neighboring tribe Mm -hmm. and discovered what had become of his people. It turned out that his people had traded on blankets and such and Mm -hmm. contracted the virus smallpox, Mm -hmm. which devastated and wiped out his tribe. The neighboring Indian village invited Squanto to stay with them, and he did for a while. Mm -hmm. But he decided to go on his own and be by himself for a little bit because it just wasn't home. It wasn't his people. So after many months, he lived alone in the woods and winter came and went. Then one day in the spring, Squanto was visited by a man named, I'm gonna say, Sam Oset. He told Squanto of strange new happenings in his village. An entire ship of English people had come ashore and had even built their own wingwams. Samoset had met them and urged Squanto to return with him. At first, Squanto was resistant. Can you blame him for yeah, being right? resistant? <laughs> but finally decided to go. And then what he saw was amazing. There in his old village, there had many people. And they were dressed precisely like the English people dressed. Mm. Squanto said, Good morning. It's a beautiful morning. The English people were amazed to hear these words. (laughs) They had traveled so far and now out of the wilds in their new home came a native man speaking their own language. Two of the Englishmen, one named William Bradford and the other named John Alden, Mm -hmm. um, told Squanto their story, how they wandered from place to place wanting to worship in their own way. Squanto had heard of these wandering people called pilgrims when he lived in London and how they had been cruelly persecuted by King James. Why we read his version of the Bible? I have no idea. (laughs) And now Squanto was sitting with them in their very place where he had been a boy in the same clearings near the same trees that he had climbed. They told Squanto of their trip on the Mayflower and of the harsh winters they had endured. Some of them had come to know the sorrow of watching the entire family perish. Squanto decided to remain among the people for some time. He showed them how to trap fish as he had done as a boy. He showed them how to put 
three of these fish in with each, with a few kennels of corn to make them grow strong. He taught the children how to stomp on the mud in the stream beds so that the flat eel would come squirming out and he taught them how to snare and to catch wild turkeys. He taught them how to catch lobster and where to dig for shellfish along the shores. He helped them negotiate a peace treaty with the great chiefs of other Indian villages. Suddenly, for the first time since they had arrived, it appeared that there was hope for their weary band of wanderers. Squanto appeared among them had been a miracle. At harvest time, the elders of the Plymouth Plantation, ugh, plantation <laughs> were so thankful for their bountiful provisions that they had been made that had been made for them that they decided to appoint a special feast to thank God for his blessings. And as a sign of goodwill, they invited the great chiefs and their warriors to join them. On this appointed day, several Indian people arrived and they brought gifts of deer along with wild turkey and other foods. There was eel and cod and lobster and mussels and wild turkeys and cranberry. What a spread. <laughs> and berry pies. <laughs> The men taught the English children native games, and everyone laughed. The great feast of Thanksgiving continued for three full days. How come we don't have three full days of Thanksgiving, Leia? <laughs> it was a three-day Thanksgiving. Honestly, that's how long it takes to cook everything, so three days. True, <laughs> true. And then you eat everything, but then, like... Um, and then it takes, like, another like... three days to clean everything, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Black Friday and all that. Yeah. Crazy. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Squanto ate great helpings of corn. He watched the children play and listened to the sea breeze move through the trees. At last, from the great want and sorrow, he had bloomed abundance of joy. There was a life in his village once again. Squanto died in the English year of 1622, mm. only a year after the first Thanksgiving. But those earnest people whom his kind heart touched would never forget him. That is the story mm. of the first Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah, so... I didn't um, know that, actually. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> so obviously okay. I didn't tell you guys like everything like I was trying not to read it word for word but this is a story called Squanto and the First Thanksgiving it was written by Eric Met Texas I believe and illustrated by Michael A. Daunt Otto <laughs> <laughs> Leia, I'm sorry, don't hate me. <laughs> uh. All right, so 
I think it is Met Texas. It's Eric Met Texas, M-E-T-A-X-A-S, and Michael A. Donato. We'll link everything down below so you guys can check it out. (laughs) But um, if you read the book, you'll get more details on, Mm -hmm. like, the actual people who he met, the name of the great war chief, the... um, um the land like where he was in spain like the detail like stuff it's 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 really greatly detailed um and stuff yeah interesting yeah i hadn't heard that before um and what yeah i'm gonna go back what a spread for thanksgiving (laughs) what a spread and now we have people who are just like no you can't have anything else except turkey and mashed potatoes and pie yeah we don't Excuse have me. <laughs> we don't have deer right we right? don't have lobster we don't have cod i don't eat berry pie i usually eat pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie mm-hmm. so. actually i just saw a video on youtube the other day about the history of pumpkins <laughs> pumpkin pie <laughs> oh what did you learn um so the pumpkins were not really native to this area. Okay. Like, they had rel- pumpkin relatives out here at first, but then through, like, trading and selling, um, they did make pumpkins uh, out here eventually. And then um, I guess it wasn't too uncommon to have. So when people are just like, oh, you're having pumpkin pie. must be a special occasion. It's just kind of like kind of stuff that they had often during the fall months. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But also it was a different um like style of pie cuz the pie we think of now when we say pumpkin or sweet potato pie, it's more of like a custard with um pumpkin or sweet potato in it. Whereas before it would have been more similar to like how you make an apple pie where it's like chunks of it and then put into the pie. Yeah. So fun fact. (laughs) Um, But yeah, what a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for making me sad. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately there's, isn't there always like a little bit of sadness? I know. But, like, if you think of the silver lining, um, he didn't die from smallpox. He didn't, and he helped a whole people survive. Yeah, so if you do think of it that way, um, he was the one who survived smallpox and was able to introduce things to the new immigrants of this land. (laughs) I didn't think about that, because his entire tribe was wiped out Mm -hmm. by smallpox. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like Joseph, kind of. Like, you think <laughs> about it, like, Joseph was sent away to Egypt and then end up saving Egyptians and his own people. Mm-hmm. And so, even though Squanto was able to save his own people, he did save other people. Yeah. So, it's always good when there's a silver lining somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I I wonder if that's really how the story went, though. Like, I know. The older I get, the more suspicious I get, especially of American and, like, like our 
ancestors, our immigrant ancestors. Like, maybe not our African and Hawaiian ones, but, like, the white people. Who knows? (laughs) Not that I, I, like, I love white people. Please, please, like, my mom, my adopted mom is white. I love her to death. I know, like, like, just disclaimer, we're not, like, gonna sit here and bash stuff, but we're just saying, like, historically. But historically, (laughs) white people were fucked up. (laughs) I'm gonna have to put an explicit warning on this now. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is unfortunate. And I do feel bad for, like, um, my friends who do identify as white. And I say identify as white. I mean, I feel bad for some of them because they're just, like, you know, the nicest people in the world, have no harsh feelings. And then there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, well, you're a terrible person just because you're white. That's stupid. I know. I don't like, I don't like those kind of people either. It's like, that's some negative energy, bro. Yeah. Get out of here with that. (laughs) I think it's time to stop be like, oh, you're black, so you do this. You're white, so you do this. And start looking at like, you do this. And... You know you happen, why you do that. Yeah. And you happen to be No, no. You that happen even happened. to be like, yeah. I, yeah, like, you like... <laughs> do this and you need to unpack why this is happening. Yeah. And is it serving you? And if it's not serving you, then you need to consider being a new like doing things differently. Or as I like to say, fix your face. Alright? <laughs> new sticker. No. <laughs> fix your face. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All righty. Is there anything else you need to add to today's story, Lamont? No. Um, I thought it was a pretty good story. Yes. Again, thank you for sharing that with me. Again, that's not a story that I have heard before, so it was very interesting. Um, yeah, I think us as Americans just need to be more mindful of what the Native people here lost. Yeah. And be really thankful and grateful for what we have. Yeah, like, look into your histories. There's nothing wrong with, like, I'm learning there's nothing wrong with, like, questioning the histories that you're taught. Because, like, how are you supposed to know the things that happen unless you look into it? Um, Because even though people like to say, oh, yeah, only bad people tell you the history they want you to know. That's really common in any country, in any city. Of course, you're not going to want to say like, oh yeah, we were the bad guys here. Um, So there's always different points of views for every story. So like look into them. It's always fascinating. I've only recently been getting into like history stuff. So (laughs) I urge you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's about it. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening, or telepathically tuning in, (laughs) if that's a thing. Um, And we'll see you guys next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Today's life lesson is be grateful for what you have. You know, we, like so many people struggle and suffer throughout the whole seasons. Taking a minute to reflect on the blessings, taking a minute to be grateful for the things that we have is one way to keep us pushing and moving forward. And that is today's life lesson. 
This has been the Lamont and Leah podcast. Created by Lamont Damon and Leah Nakahiki. This episode's topic was brought to light by Lamont Damon. This episode was edited by Leah Nakahiki. Big thanks to Ingenue for our music. So make sure you let us know what you thought of our show or give us some topic suggestions by sending messages on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. YouTube? Did someone say YouTube? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Did you know we have a channel? (laughs) Go check out all of our podcasts on our YouTube channel. The link can be found in our show description. As always, thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening. For listening. <laughs> <laughs>